Goldman Sachs. Saying the name out loud conjures images of Ivy League-educated investment bankers in tailored suits, managing money for the wealthiest of the wealthy. Think about it, investment banking. Goldman Sachs is the word that comes up first. Or closing deals in high-rise corporate offices, advising the wealthiest of the wealthy. So we're talking about governments here. We're talking about CEOs. They're advising them on how to tap capital markets, who to buy, what to buy, how to sell stock. And that's really their bread and butter. That's what they're known for. I'd give a grade of A to their 150-year-old legacy business of capital markets. They're killing it. That's 70% of the company, and frankly, they're probably greatest of all time in, in deal-making. Goldman Sachs is the leader in investment banking and markets. Extraordinary people. They work hard every day to serve our clients, and their relative performance in that business has been fantastic. So why did Goldman Sachs, the 150-year-old investment bank, try to get into checking accounts and credit cards? This was something that was an emerging opportunity for us. We did not execute well on it. And what's more, how did Goldman Sachs fail at that? The roots of Goldman's foray, their adventure into consumer banking, really go back to the financial crisis. And in 2008, 2009, that time frame, they and Morgan Stanley actually became bank holding companies. I mean, there were concerns that Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs would go under during the financial crisis. So they became bank holding companies. They'd be regulated by the Fed. They would have the ability to get FDIC back holdings. And that really changed the game. What happens in the post-financial crisis era is, you know, for many years, there are questions about Goldman's business model. And the CEO at the time, Lloyd Bankfine, you know, really defended their, their trading-centric model, but you know, at the same time said, maybe we should go down these other paths. So sometime in 2014, there's an offsite in the Hamptons at the vacation home of their president, a guy named Gary Cohn. The lore of this origin story of, of Marcus is that they came from this meeting and decided, we're gonna try consumer banking. We're gonna take our huge balance sheet and we're gonna make headway into this business that we don't have any exposure in today. So we're not gonna cannibalize any of our existing businesses, but we're gonna go after you know the JP Morgans and the Bank of Americas of the world. And that, that was in 2014. Fast forward to 2016, that's when they roll out a thing called Marcus. And so the thought was, should we make a bigger deal of this? How big does this need to be in order to move the dial at Goldman Sachs? And David Solomon becomes CEO in 2018. One of the first things he decides to do is he decides to take the business, which had been sheltered, he decides to put it inside investment management division and private wealth management. These are hugely mature, at-scale businesses that have a lot of different concerns and interests than Marcus. And so David Solomon felt strongly that those those businesses should all be in the same division because they all serve the individual. But they continued to plow along and, and in 2019 unveiled the Apple Card. Today we're introducing a brand new service and we call it Apple Card. Now the Apple Card was a huge coup for them since they didn't have credit card relationships before. And on top of that, this is the biggest of the big tech. This is, this is Apple, this is hardware, this is hundreds of millions of iPhone users. Back three years ago, when we had our first investor day, we laid out a clear strategic plan for the firm. We laid out a plan to invest in our core businesses. We pointed to four areas that we thought were interesting opportunities for the firm to grow. Asset management, wealth management, transaction banking, and also consumer banking. You know, you have to remember in 2021, Goldman Sachs is on top of the world. 
They're leading investment banking uh, league tables. They're making money hand over fist through IPOs, SPACs, merger deals. So at this point, the thinking is, look, we're making tons of money in this thing, which isn't highly valued by investors. Let's take some of this money, this investment banking deal money, and put it into and create some recurring revenues on consumer. So they wanted to accelerate, not decelerate, the money they were putting into markets. We said we'd run the firm more efficiently, and we put out some targets and metrics to track our performance over time. So the people I talked to at the time who were there say the word from everybody from David Solomon and on down was go, 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 let's let's put more money into this, let's accelerate. They start plowing more money into Marcus at exactly the wrong time because when the market turns in 2022, all of a sudden there's much more sensitivity to expenses, which were ballooning. So as Apple Card was ramping up and as they were adding tons of customers, what Goldman had failed to appreciate was that they would have to set aside funds for loan losses. I think the consumer business was a distraction, totally off brand from what I know about Goldman. And if they were going to do it, they needed to do it at a much higher and more prestigious level than they did enter the market. You know, the knock against Goldman Sachs was always from the beginning is this is not in your DNA. So you may think you're going to disrupt consumer banking, but when the, when the going gets tough and the cycle turns, you're going to lose heart and you're going to cut and run. At the end of the day, that's exactly what happened. The thinking was, if you guys can handle investment banking and advising and doing the most complex transactions in the world, and if you can emerge from the financial crisis unscathed, well, you could probably handle retail banking because that's probably easier. When reality, you know, they're totally two different skill sets. Quite often the people who are good in retail banking have been doing it for decades, and there's a lot of consistency in the talent pools there where you just have a huge deep bench. Goldman didn't have that. And, and one of the criticisms from the beginning was, you know, this is not in our DNA, we're not gonna be able to do this well, and we're not gonna be able to hire enough of the, the right people to make it happen. I think we tried to do too much too quickly, and as a result, our execution in some areas of this wasn't good. And so it's really the difference between having dozens or perhaps hundreds of clients, you know, in, in the case of personal wealth management, private wealth management, or in the case of investment banking, having millions of customers, all of whom do a little bit with you and perhaps have a little money with you or are borrowing a little bit of money and doing that at scale in a way that, that makes sense, which is very difficult. There are parts of it that we executed very well on. We built a deposit platform that works very well, it's attractive, it's good for consumers. We've built a big deposit base, which is hugely strategic for us. I think the important thing that you do is you look at what you've done, you learn, you adapt, you correct, and you move forward. Yeah, you know, I think it's fair to say that David Solomon has a smaller margin for error today. Banking and trading is an A-plus business, but it's a cyclical business, and that's why they've been trying to diversify away from that. But everything that's kind of happening in consumer banking has been a mess. It's disappointing to hear David talking about how, you know, they misunderstood the competitive advantage. You think about it, right? That's what they advise clients on, competitive advantage. And so it looks like they won't even take their own advice when it comes to their consumer banking business. And it's also fair to say that he's used up some of his credibility in the last couple of years going so all in on a business that he really cut bait on very quickly. But I'd also give a grade of E or fail to the consumer business. They talk about breaking even in their third business line by 2025. You know, that would be nine years after they first launched the consumer expansion. And that 
didn't sit well with many in the room, doesn't sit well with me. To be fair to him, he's done a very good job with the main core businesses of Goldman Sachs, which are trading and investment banking. Our market shares across our core business continue to be excellent and they've actually grown. In our banking and markets business, we've increased our market shares by 350 basis points, our wallet share, over the last few years. Of course, we haven't executed perfectly on everything, but when I look across the spectrum of work we've done to grow the firm, to improve the way we serve our clients, to strengthen our business, we've made a lot of progress. Now, the contrary to that is you could say those businesses are run by veteran folks. They had a lot of momentum and that anybody really running that operations would do more or less what he's done, which is to improve market share in the last couple of years and to take that business forward. It really is, you know, on the things that are hard to do, like getting to new businesses that perhaps somebody should be graded on and that didn't go that well. That would be the critique. During David's tenure, as I mentioned, the stock has effectively doubled. I don't think people necessarily love him, but I also think there are a lot of people with bows and arrows out there trying to knock him off, and I think that's unjustified. Just like anyone else at Goldman Sachs, you have to earn your job every day. So if we come back in the next year or two and they're behind on their targets and morale's not good and there's turnover, but there's not that turnover today, but if you don't get your targets for too long, then you're under the microscope a lot more. On the other hand, if if they can get toward their targets, eliminate some of those losses they have in consumer, um, then you know winning would cure all. If they have the right strategy and the right leadership, I'm convinced this organization can do anything it wants. Goldman Sachs is you know one of the greatest capital market players for the last 154 years, and just go back to your day job and do what you do best.